that all authority has been given to him in heaven and earth. So we serve a great God. And another place in scripture I've reminded of today, it tells us, you know, God does not make junk. He tells us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made from the very beginning. So we're all precious in his sight. So as we go to prayer today, I would just ask you to, if you have a prayer on your heart or a burden, just lift it to the Lord because he's able to meet your need. He's able to meet our needs. He's able to give us dreams that we can only accomplish through him. And I hope he does that with everyone. Let's go to prayer. Father, we thank you that we serve an almighty God who cares for us intimately. Scripture tells us that you're a lover of our soul, that, you, that uh, before uh, we even knew you, Christ came and died to, to bring us and win us back to you. Father, we thank you today for how good you are, for the bounty that you provide, for this wonderful building that we have. We can come and give you praise. We want to lift you today that the world may see that we serve a risen Savior one who is able to save to the uttermost and is able to save one that is in the d- deepest uh, throngs of sin. You're able to lift him out. You're able to polish him and clean him and he, where he'll shine like a jewel. The, he'll, the world will see the difference that you can make in a life. Father, today as your people, help us to put our trust in you. Help us to Go away rejoicing in the fact that we have met in your house and we met together and we are encouraged. And we thank you for loving us today. Help us to be all that you want us to be. And help us to continually look up. For that time is short, Father. We don't know what the hour or the day that you're coming, but you have given us signs and we see those all around us today. So, Father, help us to look up. Have our ear attuned to the voice from heaven. For one, for it tells us in the twinkling of an eye, we can be, be gone. Father, we thank you that you have given us such a great hope that you are prepared a place for us. Help us to realize that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. So, Father, if, if there's those things in our heart that would uh, keep us at, at arm's length, we'd ask that you would uh, help us to break those walls down because our desire is to be close to you. The time when I think of that, I think of our great grandson, little John Mark. As you know, he's uh, as he runs around, he just comes and crawls up in your lap or he wants you to pick him up and uh, he just, you know, he just everybody should love him. And that's what he's grown up with. And we should add as a church, we should, when we look to God, we ought to be able to cry Abba Father. Oh, come hold us and and strengthen us and help us in times of we're going through uh, heartache and you would give us, give us a song. Those times that when uh, things seem to be pressing in, Father, help us to see your mercy and grace. For those things that you've given us, help us to be thankful and hold them loosely. That we are just uh, stewards of those things you've given us. So we'd ask now that you would be with us for the remainder of the service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is a great day in our church. It's Faith Promise Sunday. 
And I know that probably every one of you know what Faith Promise Sunday is. Um, for the last three bulletins, we've given you our budget and we've told you what it pays for. And um, I just wanted to share with you that um, today we're waiting for you to pledge what God has told you would be good for you to pledge so that it helps us pay our budgets for the rest of the year. Um, it may seem like a lot, but we have um, required budgets uh, from our district that we um, are supposed to pay monthly and yearly, like uh, missionary Christmas fund and missionary health care. And um, we uh, sponsor a child for North Central Ohio and World Evangelism Fund, which probably on the average cost us $1,000 every month, which we are expected to pay, sometimes more, sometimes less. So um, a lot of these things in this budget all goes toward missionaries. And um, we're thankful for every a bit, uh, every amount that you uh, pledge to help us pay this monthly budget and yearly budget. Um, we have a great couple here today to speak to us, great missionaries. They came in 2015, so you probably remember them. Um, they've spent a lot of years in Zambia and other places. And um, I just want to uh, encourage you to see their table in the back that they've set some of their items up on and talk to them at our luncheon. Uh, thank them for all that they do for the kingdom in their missionary field. So please give a Nazarene welcome to Gary and Penny Seidel. Well, greetings in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Oh, now you're sounding like a Zambian. Because when you greet somebody at the beginning of a church uh, message or whatever, you have to say, I greet you all in the name of Jesus. Okay, and everybody says, look at somebody next to you and say, you're looking like an African right now. Because that's what we do. It's a joy to be with you, and thank you again for allowing us to come. I, I guess coming back a second time is a compliment, um, but we appreciate you uh, so much allowing us to come back and share what God is doing in the heart of Africa, even in a pandemic. How many believe that with God all things are possible? Do you believe that? The Zambia South District Superintendent brought a letter to me one day. He says, hey, Reverend Seidel, come here and look at this letter. And I, I looked at this letter. The letter began this way. It said, I hope I'm writing to the right people. Isn't that a great way to start a letter? You may want to take notes here, right? He said, I hope I'm writing to the right people. And this gentleman began to describe, he says, I'm reading this magazine about this holiness church. And he says, I hope I'm writing to the right people because my village, my people, we need this message. Can you come? 
I asked the district superintendent, I said, well, where did this letter come from? I said, have we, have we been there or whatever? He goes, oh no, he goes, we've never been in that area. And this man was writing this letter and he kept saying over and over in the letter, I hope I'm writing to the right people. Well, as I got down to the bottom of the letter, he said, the magazine that I'm reading is called Herald of Holiness. Now, if you're a longtime Nazarene, you know what Herald of Holiness is, right? Now, that magazine hasn't been printed for a long time. I think they call it Holiness Today now, whatever. But I, I asked the district superintendent, I said, wait a minute, we've never been to this area. Herald of Holiness is not sent to that part of Africa. How did that magazine get to that remote village? Can anyone explain it? Can God do the impossible? That's the question as we're here on Faith Promise Sunday. Can God do the impossible? Because as I, Penny and I, we teach extension classes, training pastors and leaders in the church. And one of my students, his name was Francis. And he was just going through the course of study. He wanted to be a pastor. And one day he calls me up and he says, Reverend Saito, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, Francis. So he came over to my house and went out to my office. And he began to say, God wants me to go to eastern Zambia. I said, okay. He said, I said, well, when are you going to go? He goes, I'm going right now. I said, well, wait a minute, you haven't finished your, your studies or whatever. I said, can't you finish your studies and then go? And he says, no, God's telling me to go now. I said, okay. But then he said this. He said, Reverend Seidel, the reason I've come to you is because where I'm going to go, you know I'm going to face a lot of opposition." Would you pray for me that God would give me the courage to go? Now, as I, I remember that day, I, I, I laid my hands there on Francis and I prayed for Francis, that Francis would have courage to go. And while I was praying that Francis would go, there was no Nazarene church. There was no church parsonage. There was no buildings. There was no salary. There's nothing there. But God was telling him to go. And I was praying for him to have courage. And as I was praying, I felt like the Lord was saying, would you take your family and go, Gary? Now, some of you say, well, you went to Zambia. Yeah, but where he was going, there was nothing. So I prayed that he would have courage, and he took off, and several months went by, and we heard nothing. I went to the district superintendent and said, have you heard anything from Francis? What's going on? He goes, we haven't heard anything. Months more went by, and I was very concerned because he, he felt concerned that he was facing opposition and, and to send somebody off and not hear for six months, eight months. I was getting concerned. Finally, one day, the district superintendent called me up and says, Reverend Seidel, he says, I want you to know that Francis is sitting here in my office and he wants to see you. I said, he's here in Lusaka, the capital city. I, go, I said, I'll be right over. Went over to the office, 
Walked in, there's Francis, he's in a suit and tie, looking really nice. I said, hey Francis, what's going on? I, I, I'm like, are you guys okay, your family? He goes, yeah, Reverend, we're okay. Now, you know when you've been concerned about somebody, and then you find out they're okay, what's the next thing you do? How's come you haven't called us? How's come you haven't told us what's going on? And, and he says, oh, Reverend Seidel, I've come to tell you that we have nine new churches out there. He goes, there are people that need to be baptized. They've come to Jesus, and we've got to baptize them. They want to join the church. Will you come? Will you come and we need people to be trained? And I said, Francis, we're coming. Well, it was a couple weeks before we are to go and visit Francis and all these new churches and all these new Christians and all that. I called him up and said, Francis, just want to let you know we're, we're on. We, we got him a cell phone, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and I called him and he, I said, we're about ready to come. And he last minute, he goes, oh, Reverend Seidel, I forgot to tell you that on the Sunday you're here, you're going to be preaching at one of our new preaching, our new churches. And I said, okay. He says, it's called, you're going to be preaching at Magazine Church of the Nazarene. I said, uh, Francis, I said, what's, what's the name of the church? He said, Magazine Church of the Nazarene. Now, look, we have African names. Chipongwe, Chikumbi, you know, Mapepe. You know, these are African names. Magazine Church of the Nazarene. And my mind went back to that letter. Because where Francis went was where that letter had come from years earlier. And I thought, wait a minute. Well, just so you know, there was no connection between the Herald of Holiness and Francis going to, to a church called Magazine Church of the Nazarene. That was my first thought. But you know what? Francis went and started, and now he has over 15 churches he has planted. And he's still planting more churches every day, all because he answered the call of God. Overcome his fear, because you know that the biggest obstacle we have in our world today, and the biggest obstacle to the gospel, is fear. Fear is what may keep us from faith promise goals. Fear is what may keep us from crossing the street to tell somebody about Jesus. But Francis was willing to go because God is the God of the impossible. Do you believe that today? Because even as we look around the world and as you, you know, we can easily see the bad. And there's a lot of tough things going on. But it, I want to say to you that in Africa, God is still moving in amazing ways. You know that the Africa region is now the largest region for the Church of the Nazarene. We're approaching one million in membership alone in Africa. Um, people are coming to Christ. And, 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 and what's amazing to me is right now, 75% of the people in our Nazarene churches in Zambia and most of Africa were not there 10 to 15 years ago. Think about that. 75% weren't even there. 
I mean, we've got a church that's young and vibrant. I mean, every church we go to, there are many, many children, lots of youth. As a matter of fact, the youth are the movers and shakers in Africa. They're the worship team. They're the ones that get up. As a matter of fact, Reverend Penny could tell you that, that the youth help run a lot of the children's ministries in Africa, where we're at, in Zambia. We, we, we've got a young church, and, and the future looks very bright. Who would have thought that a poor boy from the country of Mozambique would one day become general superintendent in the Church of the Nazarene? His name is Dr. Philomile Chambo. God is the God of the impossible. Now, with all of this, you know, I can tell you more and more about what God is doing, and I call these good problems. When you've got all kinds of things going on where, where, where the growth is going so fast you can't keep up with it. Even in a pandemic, we never stop growing. Kind of reminds me of the stories you find in the Bible. Like when Jesus was born and in Luke 1 where the angel told Mary when she would have a child, he says, for nothing is impossible with God. Or in Mark 10, 27, when Jesus was talking to the disciples and they, were, they, they couldn't quite understand what he, what he was teaching them. And they were having a hard time understanding, but he said, but man, this is impossible. But with God... No, with God, all things are possible. You know what? I could keep on telling you about the God of the impossible, what's going on there. I mean, we've, we are planting churches in places that there's no roads. We're planting churches where, where when, when they come back to me, they say, hey, we've, we've got five churches over here, or we've got ten new churches over here, and I'm supposed to be over pastoral training and development. And sometimes I can't figure out how are we going to get to these places? Because sometimes the report comes back, the only way you get to these places may be riding on an oxen and cart. Okay? Now, other places are modern cities. Uh, modern cities are coming up everywhere in Africa. We have modern shopping malls and we have fiber optics, internet. Some of our, Actually, my internet at my house in Zambia right now is probably better than what I'm finding here. I mean, that's amazing how things are changing so rapidly, but yet we still got the church in areas where we have untrained leaders and pastors. I mean, we've, we've got churches in our cities that are starting, but you know what? It's expensive to try to find a place, even a piece of property to, to build. And so our churches sometimes are meeting in school classrooms, and, 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 and Penny's going to share a little bit about the effects of COVID, because COVID did infect us, affect us as well, but maybe not as much as here. She'll say more about that. But I want to tell you, there are people hungry for the gospel in Africa. Now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to back up. Worship leaders are, need to be trained. I've got worship leaders who've never led worship. Can you imagine that? Someone who never doesn't even know what a hymn is. These are the kind of things that we're dealing with. We have 15 Jesus Film teams showing every month right now in Zambia alone, planning churches, making disciples in Jesus' name. It's an exciting time. Penny can tell you about children 
Because children are always the first ones that come to the church or to a Jesus film showing. And we have hundreds and hundreds of children, you know, thousands of children, really, who are coming to Jesus, but yet no one there to teach them. And so that is some of the obstacles that we're following. But we serve a God who can do the impossible. Amen? Well, let's see. Penny's going to share a little bit. What are you going to talk about? Okay, you need this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't use these in Zambia very much. <laughs> um, yeah, even today, God is still at work through the pandemic. And that's one of the questions we've got. We've been here in the U.S. for about a month, and when we meet people and see our family and friends, and that's the question they ask. What has happened with you guys in Zambia and Africa during this pandemic? And yes, we, we were affected by it. Um, the churches were closed for about six weeks. So thankfully it was only six weeks. And then we were allowed to reopen uh, according to the size of our building and our seating. You know, the Ministry of Health came in and they evaluated the buildings and said, you can have this many people come and we have to physically distance. You know, we just did not like that term social distancing. We are very social people. We want to be together. We want to see each other. And so, you know, we had to keep our physical distance. We had to use the sanitizer and all of the things and wear our mask. And, you know, so that happened. Uh, we had work and witness teams that canceled because travel was stopped. Uh, Gary and I had a lot of training scheduled throughout Zambia and even in Zimbabwe. And we were not able to do that last year. Um, so, uh, we were able to, um, our schools closed for a few months. They were able to reopen in June, June the 1st. Um, some of the uh, classes were able to start, and by September, all the classes, all the universities, and other parts of education were open. So we are so thankful for that. Um, uh, but most of our ministries had to stop or slow down, and then eventually we were able to pick back up and child development centers uh, in our local churches. They were not able to meet, but they put together um, hygiene baskets and took them to the children's homes so that in the home they would have masks, they would have sanitizer, they would have soap to wash their hands and uh, a little bit of food and things because in the child development centers, children are fed um, at least once a day or maybe three times a week, depending on how often they go to the center. Um, but the exciting thing was some of our churches started using their cell phones of members uh, with data and streaming their church services on Facebook. So people that weren't able to get there and they could watch it on Facebook. And so we had never thought of that in Zambia. And so we even had churches in Zimbabwe doing it and Malawi. So we're excited that we're learning new things. We had Zoom meetings. We couldn't have our field strategy meetings, so we, we did it through Zoom. So we're all learning, and you see all the pictures on there, and some people are in their, in their living room. Some people are sitting in their cars with their cell phones. Um, so, so it's exciting how God is helping us to become um, able to continue meeting, strategizing, planning, and seeing how his work is going to go forward, encouraging one another to keep doing our ministry. Um, and one of the 
<coughs> excuse me, one of our biggest areas that we developed during this pandemic was our orality ministries. So we have uh, a ministry that was started. It's, it's uh, telling the gospel through stories. Um, and um, maybe you have heard of tell the story. Um, so this is, this, is, this is an extension of that. We tell the Bible stories, and you'll see on our table back there, we actually have Bible story cloths with all the um, pictures of the Bible stories on there. So we can, we can put those on like a wraparound skirt, and it has all the pictures of the stories from the New Testament and Old Testament, and it's a way people can connect. What, what, what's on your wrap? What's a, what is that? And we can share. Oh, don't you know this Bible story? And you can share the story. We can share the gospel message. So we have trained teams in all of our districts in Zambia. Um, and even they just went out to the eastern part where the story Jesus, uh, Gary just shared with you. And out there, they have an orality team. And they're going more into the villages and sharing the gospel message through orality, sharing the uh, message of hope. And um, so they have, um, a, it's a Wi-Fi device that they put all the Bible stories on and songs of scripture. And when you go to the market, you just put it somewhere or you just turn it on if you're carrying it in your bag and it acts like a Wi-Fi. And so when people with their phones, if they're looking for Wi-Fi sources, they can connect to your device they don't know what they're connecting to. They think they're connecting to something they can browse the internet, but actually they can access all the stories and songs that are on this device. This is the way God is working and moving. And so people can, can actually hear the Bible stories, hear the scriptures and songs related to the scriptures in their local language, just by someone carrying this device with them as they are going about their daily life in the market for a few hours or working somewhere. They can just turn that on and people have access to scriptures and stories. And this year we actually have orality pages that go with our Sunday school curriculum for the whole year. For all 52 lessons, we have an orality. You can teach the regular lesson or you can teach the Bible story and teach it through orality. So it's really exciting what God is doing. Um, so are we gonna play that sample? We have a sample of our theme song for our orality ministry we'd just like for you to hear. I'm telling the story of Jesus, telling it in my words. I'm telling the story of Jesus till everyone has heard, till everyone has heard. So what we're doing is that was recorded at my house and I have a little portable studio there and I've got brought in some of the youth and now that was done in English. Now we basically do the songs in the vernacular languages but that is just saying i'm telling the story of jesus telling it in my words in other words in my language because we, that's how you speak to a person's heart when you speak to that language you know that mother tongue that they've learned that's how you get right down deep to where they live and so that's a new thing we're doing and so we're writing, we're taking Bible verses, and we're writing little songs. They're only about 30 seconds, 45 seconds, but they're easy to remember in the local language. And remember, most of Africa is an oral culture. So this is really nothing new to them. 
but we're just taking technology now and using it in a way to reach as many people as we can for Jesus because that's what it's all about because God can do the impossible amen there's a story I'm going to close with and this story is one I may have shared when I was here six years ago it's a story though that reminds me again and again that we serve a God who can do amazing things I heard it at the prayer time here I hope you believe that I remember I was going with the Jesus Film team and I was excited because I had heard about the Jesus Film ministry and it's still a big part of our ministry in Africa right now. And so all I know is I was going to drive, I was the taxi driver, if you will. We loaded up all the equipment and we took off out to a remote area and we got out to a soccer field because everybody knows the number one sport in Africa is, does you, you all know what the number two sport is? Soccer, the third number sport, soccer. Okay, okay. So we went out to this soccer field and we got out. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon, the sun's shining, and we began to get the equipment and set up the equipment. You know, the, the screen in the middle of the soccer field. We had the goal post at each end, and it wasn't within 30 minutes we already had 200 people show up, mostly children. Unannounced, no advertising or anything, and so we're setting up this equipment. And by the time it got to about 6 o'clock when the sun was going down and we're about ready to show uh, the Jesus film, that soccer field was solidly packed from one goalpost to the other. I mean, I'm looking at this whole situation. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, people are just coming from all directions. As they started that film, I mean, the people were still coming. And I remember I, I was looking with the, working with the, the team leader there, and I remember when I was a pastor here in the U.S., I remember seeing those reports about the Jesus Film ministry, you know, the numbers and all that. And I thought, well, now how do they get these numbers? So I went to the team leader and I said, man, I said, this is amazing. I said, can I ask you a question? How do you count all these people? The team leader looks at me and he says, well, tonight, Reverend, you're counting. I said, uh, no, no, no. I said, I just want to know how you're doing. He goes, no, you're doing it tonight. Come on, let's go. Grab your flashlight or your torch. So here we go, walking around this soccer field. And I'm looking at this, the screens in the middle. I mean, there are children on both sides of that screen that are packed in like sardines in a can. I mean, I'm looking at this like 500, 500, 500. I'm like... I don't know, as I'm trying to count, all of a sudden this tall African grass that was all around the soccer field, all of a sudden behind me I could hear the grass rattling and making noises, and I took my flashlight and I shined it back into the grass, and all through this tall grass there was people seated everywhere. We walked down to this end of the soccer field, the goalpost, I mean, I'm looking at this, and, 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 and there was a row of trees on this end of the soccer field and I took my flashlight and I shined it up through those trees and those trees were packed with people who had climbed up to watch the Jesus film. We walked around the, the other side of the field as we got down to the other end I noticed there was a row of buildings off in a short distance you know away and as, as I looked at those buildings I could I thought wow the entire roofs of those buildings were packed with people who had climbed up and they were watching the Jesus film. 
And I'm like, well, this is amazing. I, so I, I asked the team leader, I said, I said, Reverend, I said, am I supposed to include the, the people in the grass, up in the trees, on the roofs and all that? He goes, oh, no, 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 let's just count the ones right here on the field. I have to be honest with you, there was no way I could even give a number. It was impossible. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I would say that there was at least 3,000 on the field, maybe. Well, I don't know. I never gave him a number, but I do know this. At the end of that, of that film, when they began to give an invitation to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they became, people were coming by the hundreds from all directions. They had people down there at the screen. They were taking names and contacts so they could follow up the next day. I remember the pastor came to me. He says, this is so exciting. He goes, there are people here who have never heard about Jesus. People from other religions. And they're wanting to know more about Jesus. That Sunday morning, I had the opportunity of preaching in, in, a, in the new little Nazarene church there. And as I, as I was preaching, there was all kinds of new people there. They had been watching the Jesus film earlier those couple days. And, and, uh, and so uh, I, I remember I got done preaching, and, I, and we had a, 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 an older service. You know, people were coming up and praying, receiving Jesus. And I had prayed with some people. And I kind of finished up and went back and sat down in the corner over here. And as I sat down, I, I looked back over, and I noticed that the district superintendent who was with me, the team leaders, they were over here huddled around this woman. And they were praying, and it was getting loud and intense, and I knew something was going on. And the district superintendent, he gets up and walks over to me, and he comes over, and he goes, hey, Reverend, he goes, I just want you to know, do you know what's going on over here? And I said, well, no, I don't. He says, he goes, well, this woman, and as, before he could begin to tell me what was going on, he said, this woman is a devil worshiper. And she has come to this place today to destroy this church. But before he could say much, this woman jumped up. I mean, you could see tears coming down her face. And in her language of Chichewa, she began to tell how she had come to that place that day as a devil worshiper because she said the devil had told her that there was this new church coming into the area, a holiness church, and you need to do anything you can to see that that church is destroyed. But God had a different plan because that morning she found Jesus. Six months later, I went back to do some follow-up with that, those new church plants. And as we went in on that Sunday morning, as I sat down, they started singing. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know who was up front as the song worship leader? I said, Pastor, I said, that woman, I said, isn't that the devil worshiper? That was, well, he goes, oh yeah, that's her. I said, she's the song worship leader now. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, let me tell you, this woman is on fire for Jesus. He says, everybody in this entire community knows the transformation that took place because she was a devil worshiper and now she is a worshiper of Jesus. And every Sunday, he said, new people are coming to this church because of her testimony.
God can do the impossible. Are you ready? Are you ready for God to do something impossible? Do you believe that God can do something impossible through you, just like he did in the life of that woman? And she was singing the song. I taught it to you last time. The song that we sing all over Africa. You remember the song? There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like him. She was singing that in her own language. You think you could sing it in your language? Let's try it. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like him. Okay, now, you know, you're, you're doing wonderful, but, but you're not doing it the Zambia way. Because you know that when we sing, we're standing and clapping our hands. You remember? So come on, let's stand up. And we're going to clap our hands. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like him. Okay, now, you remember the second part of the song? Those who were here last time, you remember? This is where we dance and move now. What are y'all laughing at? This is the way we do it. The second part says, I'm walking, walking here, there. Now, because everybody knows the main form of transportation is, I'm walking, walking here, there. I'm searching, searching here, there. Now, make sure when you search, you look under your chairs, look under your shirts, whatever, okay? Because you want to make sure there's no one like Jesus. And it says, I turn around here, there. There's no one, there's no one like him. I see doubt on faces here. <laughs> do you believe that God can do the impossible? Then surely you can do this song with God's help. Okay, here we go. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like him. I'm walking, I'm walking, walking here, there. I'm searching, searching here, there. I turn around here, there. There's no one, there's no one like him. Well, give yourself a hand. You did really well. You can be seated. See, it's exciting to serve Jesus. It's exciting to know that God is still at work, even in the midst of pandemics, or when it seems like there's the impossible. So as we close, we're gonna watch a video. It'll show you a few more sites. I am so thankful that in your bulletin, they've been putting in information about some of the ministries and things, you can read that. We got prayer cards we would like for you to take as well to remember us and remember to pray for Zambia. Those are back on the table as well. But let me just say this, when it comes to faith promise, we cannot do what we're doing without your help, without your prayer, with, without your prayers, without your giving. 
you know what? There's no way that I would be able to go and, 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 and experience what I told you about with that woman receiving Christ if I had to be somewhere else worried about raising money. And so what happens is when you give, it frees us up to be focused on the ministry, to focus on what God wants us to do. We can tell you many other organizations where missionaries have come and they've already left and went back home and we haven't seen them return. Hello? Because, you know what? And so what's happening? The good news is not going out. Okay? And so now's not the time. I know it seems like the goal may be large. It may seem like it's an impossible goal. But can we say together, with God, all things are possible. May God bless you, and may he keep you and watch over you. I hope you'll enjoy the video and as God speaks to you about your part this year in Faith Promise. He brought us out of the darkness and into the light. He brought us out of the darkness and into the light. He has lifted our blindness and He gave us His sight. He brought us out of the darkness and into the light. We sing,
so much for coming and speaking. Um, in your bulletin, you'll find a yellow card that is for Faith Promise pledging. Um, go ahead and take that out. And, and this is a prayerful giving. You know, if you put something on here and God tells you to do more later, it's okay to do more later, right? Um, this is just kind of so that the NMI committee can um, budget for the year, but God is faithful. You guys have been faithful givers for Faith Promise for many years. So we as a church, thank you for that. Um, so if you want to fill that in now, um, we're also going to be taking a love offering. Um, so as you pray about that, and you, um, we're going to not pass a plate because we haven't done that because of COVID. But what we have on the, on the altars are some baskets that you can fill out that top part of your card and place it in there. The bottom part is for you to um, help you remind you of what you've pledged. Um, and then if you want to write a check or you want to put cash, um, the love offering will also be in there. And feel free to come up and, and do that. I'm going to put mine in real quick as I speak. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Guatemala a couple years ago on a missions trip, and it's life-changing. Um, Luke and I had a great week, saw places that are really there because of things like alabaster. And um, so alabaster is another part of that faithful giving that, that um, God's asked us to do. So as you put that in, um, we're going to pray. And I want to let you know that we're having lunch after. Um, if you would like to stay, they've the uh, food is going to be handed out in the small fellowship hall, and then we're going to sit in the large fellowship hall. Um, so I, as I pray, I will pray for that also. But I'll give you a moment to go ahead and do this. Our dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for our guest speakers today, Lord, and how you've given them a vision to be in Zambia. Lord, we just pray that you would help them to continue to encourage those to be um, encouraged to just do what God leads them to do, as we heard in the beginning of the young man who felt like God was telling him to go now. Lord, help us to be encouraged to go now as well. Um, be with their family as, as um, the pandemic has kind of ebbed and flowed, Lord. Keep them safe in your hands and continue to bless their ministry as they train and just tell of your, of your word, Lord. Help us to be encouraged to go and do likewise. Lord, I pray for the food that's been provided, and I pray that you would just bless the hands that provided it, um, bless it to our bodies. And Lord, as the um, pledges come in, Lord, I just pray that you would increase them in your bounty. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So you are free to go. The, um, by the way, the pledges can be turned in, in in the offering basket in later weeks as well. But feel free to go and visit them at the table, and then they will be eating with us as well. Thank you. Have a great week.